Hello and welcome. This is the Women's Basketball Podcast brought to you by Impact 89 FM WDBM. I'm Zachary Swasicki alongside Julian Mitchell and Zach Manning. We're here to talk MSU women's hoops. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Ready to talk some women's hoops today. Yeah, it's pretty cold outside, but I'm still doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys made it. It's a frozen tundra after 50 degrees early, earlier in the month. People were out golfing. It, and again, it's crazy. It's almost February. Years flying by already. 2017. It's almost, almost halfway through the Big Ten season for this women's MSU women's team. And let's just jump right into it. They're 14 and seven overall, four and four in the Big Ten. They are eight and two at home, uh, but they did suffer their second loss to Purdue this past week. The other loss being the then ranked number one Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And like I mentioned, over the week they went one on one. The loss home to Purdue 76-66 and at Wisconsin 81-57. to Again, last year, this team went 25-9, and 13-4 and in the Big Ten. It's going to be tough for them to match that, but we've seen crazier things. They were 13-2 and last year, second in, in the Big Ten tournament, losing to Maryland, and a second-round NCAA tournament knockout. Headlines of this week, Susie Merchant still on medical leave of absence. That was an in, indefinite medical leave. We still have yet to hear any update from that. Again, hopefully uh, she's doing all right. But I'm going to throw it to you guys. They're one and three without her on the sideline. Amaka Agugua. I did get it right this week. I'm not sure if I did last week. Associate head coach is a interim head coach. Again, only so much changes without her, but she's really a spark on that bench. Susie, Susie is. Uh, again, I wouldn't want to be around her. Watching her team lose the go on that three game losing streak first time uh, in two years that they've had a three game losing streak. Uh, again, I'll toss it to you guys. What does it mean to not have Susie for this team? Well, I mean, it's tough. You're losing your head coach, and that's always hard. Like you said, she's a spark for them on the bench, and as we've seen, it's been tough. They've gotten lazy at points, and some of that can be accredited to the loss of your head coach. So it's just been tough for this team. They got to find their way. Yeah, I mean, anytime you lose a head coach, it's going to be hard. And they've kind of they've kind of struggled with losing her. I mean, they they haven't played great. Like you said, they've been one and three. So I mean, anytime you lose a coach, it's going to be hard. But they have really struggled since losing Susie Mergent. Of course, we this wouldn't be the MSU Women's Basketball Podcast without talking about Tori Jankowska. She's looking to become the first Michigan State Women's Basketball player to reach two thousand points. Uh, Ariel Powers would have done that if she had stayed for four years, but I can't blame her. She did graduate and decided to go to WNBA. Tori Jankowski, though, uh, became the all-time leading scorer career-wise against Ohio State uh, on January 10th with 1,898 career points, passing Ariel Powers, her former teammate, again, who just did it in three years, which is even more remarkable. Tori Jankowski needs just 73 points um, to reach 2,000. She needs to average 9.1 points per game to reach that mark by the end of the regular season, which I think she can do um, and she should do. Guys, uh, anything, obviously barring injury, um, that can stop Tori from uh, breaking 2,000? Uh, I don't think there's anything stopping her. She's been on an absolute tear, and she's been playing well. There's nothing that's going to stop her. She's going to reach this mark. I I learned my lesson by saying um, it can never happen because I said Michigan State was not going to lose to Rutgers. I didn't think it would, would happen at all. And Rutgers pulled off the upset, so I'm, I mean, it could happen, but it would be shocking to me if she didn't get to 2,000 points. I think shocking would be an understatement. Moving on to from a senior to a freshman, Taryn McCutcheon, 
has 113 assists through 21 games. Uh, I believe that's still leading the country in freshman assists, and she is currently ranked fifth in MSU all-time freshman records, just behind Kristen Haney, I believe, 2001 to 2002. She had 117 again, uh, another record that should be broken. Uh, again, in past episodes, we've been in the past two episodes. This is the third episode. We've been talking about how um, I've really been harping on this as well for the women's and the men's teams, how they've been having the different starting lineups. They had a lot of change of, of rosters, new players, um, losing new players to, to either injury or to transfer and to the draft with aerial powers to graduation. Three of their five starters from last year uh, for this women's team departed last year, bringing in Taryn McCutcheon has started every game. They've had six starting lineups, six different starting lineups in the first 21 games. Ty Reimer, Jankowska, and McCutcheon have started all 21. Reimer has gotten in foul trouble. Jankowska has seemingly, like we talked about before, before the show, seemingly played about 39 minutes every single game until the Wisconsin game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Taryn McCutcheon uh, is a surprise for me. I, I hadn't uh, admittedly realized she started every single game this year. Um, going through this, there's a few more bullet points there going through the, anything that stands out to you guys with, with the, the changing starting lineups? Well, just, I mean, six different starting lineups in the first 21 games. Like you said, that's a huge number to me. And like you talked about, and you know, I say it a lot about the men's team as well. You really got to start having a set lineup. And I think they've reached that point now, but you know, having your head coach gone, the uh, interim head coach is probably going to make a few changes herself. So it's going to be difficult. You need to have a set starting lineup so the team can develop that chemistry. And the chemistry is different when you're playing with each other in practice. It's different when you step out on the floor. So they need a set, a set starting lineup and then a set bench squad so that all those players know how to play with each other, know what spots those players like, and they'll have great chemistry on the floor. Yeah, and you mentioned Tara McCutcheon now. She started every game this season, but she's not just starting. She's playing upwards of 35 minutes per game. And as a freshman, that's that's got to be challenging, but... I'm talking about the starting line, different starting lineup com- uh, combinations. Um, like Julian said, it's they've kind of gotten to a rotation now, but I think that hurt them earlier in the year because players kind of get into you know like this rotation. They play better with other players, and when you keep switching that around, it kind of loses you know the mojo, and, it, and it, I think it hurt the team earlier in the season. Yeah, I, I think it did as well. Uh, starting starting to uh, I think get that set starting lineup. Um, Brandy Ag has cracked into it. Redshirt senior uh, guard. Started 17 games this season. Uh, she was what I thought would be the, the the second player, the second go-to on this team. Hasn't she struggled at times this season? As of late, she's really come on. She had a double double last week, and she scored double digits both games this week. Lexi Gusser, junior um, guard forward combo, started three games. Freshman redshirt freshman Victoria Gaines started 10 games, and then. We have a mix of Jenna Allen, Anna Vesla, and Nia Holly starting a few other games. But Victoria Gaines um, and Brandy Agee are probably the, the the two that have stood out to me so far this year. Uh, do you guys expect them, either one, to or, or between the two probably, they're probably playing the same position. Who would you have starting between the two? Uh, between those two, it's a really tough choice. I'm honestly not sure who to go with. Um. Zach, give me a little bit of your opinion. I'm trying to figure it out between these two. Yeah, I think I would go with Jenna Allen. Um, 
She just she just kind of brings a defensive presence for me. Um, Visla, she can step out and hit three, but I think Jenna Allen just kind of gives you the extra rebounding that, that the Spartans need. That's an interesting choice. I like your opinion. I would go with Allen as well. Vesla, like you said, she can step out and hit that three. My only problem with her, similar to what the coaches have, is just her being kind of confused with this turn, this style of basketball. Coming from Europe, it's a bit of a struggle transitioning for her, and I think that's what the coaches see as well. So I would go with Allen until she gets ready. Jankowska, again, leads the way, starting 102 games during her Michigan State career. Uh, she does a little bit of everything. Captain for this team, scoring, rebounding, assists, she's there. Uh, she struggled this week. And we're about to get into to those uh, two games from the previous week. But one thing that we will touch on before that is the number 70. M- Michigan State is 11-0 when scoring at least 70 points this season, 117 and 13 under Susie Merchant, 100 of its last 106 games and scoring 70 points. So 106 is pretty good for a record. Um, 11-0 the season when scoring at least 70 points. Where could they find this consistency outside of Jankowska to score 70 points? Well, you see it with a player like AG. Like we talked about double-digit points in the past two games. You just got to have more players step up behind Jankowska. I mean, she's going to give you at least 20 a night. So if you have a couple players step up with double digits, you're going to reach that 70 number at some point. Yeah, like Julian said, I mean, obviously Jankowska is going to bring it night in and night out, but you got to look to players like Reimer and AG. And, you know, maybe a player like Victoria Gaines can have a special game once in a while, but Adrian Reimer kind of your two and three after Jankoska. So if they, if they get um, hot after Jankoska, the Spartans can hit 70 consistently. Yeah, a lot of underwhelming um, performances for, for most of the players here. Again, a lot of new faces in the starting lineup on the roster getting more playing time. Uh, a lot of people talk about the men's freshman class. The, the women's freshman class has been playing a lot. A lot of minutes, Taryn McCutcheon most notably, um, retro freshman Victoria Gaines as well, playing a lot. Nia Holly, um, again, g- getting in the starting lineup at times. But we're going to move on to the past week. One and one, lost to Purdue, win at Wisconsin. We'll start with Purdue, 77-66 loss in the Breslin Center last Sunday. You two were there. Uh, turnovers, again, big problem for them. Every time they try to make a run, Purdue seemed to answer. Uh, Zach, I'll start with you. Sitting there, watching the game. What was the biggest problem for this team? Biggest problem, I mean, I'm looking at the stats right now, is the fast break points. Michigan State turned Purdue over 22 times, but they also turned the ball over 19 times themselves. And, you know, that's a lot of turnovers for both teams, but Purdue made the most of their their fast break points. I mean, once they got the turnover, they were off and running. You know, 22 fast break points, the MSU's nine. They took advantage of all the steals that they got and all the turnovers that Michigan State made and turned them into points. I mean, they shot 59% from the field, and Michigan State shot just 42 so even when Michigan State would get a steal, Purdue would get back on defense and stop them from getting an easy basket. Yeah, this was a tough game for the Spartans. They played well coming out in that first quarter, and then Purdue sort of went back, and they thought about how they can switch things up defensively, and they went into a zone, and MSU just struggled all night with that zone. There were a lot of times where they get in the zone, they wouldn't have a set ready to run, or they wouldn't be able to get down inside where they wanted to go, and they throw the ball away, leading to a turnover, leading to points off turnovers. So it was just a tough game for them. And it, when they were able to get back in the game, like I talked about, turnovers just hurt them, and they couldn't they couldn't get back in out of the hole they dug. Yeah, Judge, Judge Julian was right with the turnovers. A uh, big problem for this team still. Um, again, no one likes to commit uh, a high number of turnovers or at a high rate or at key times, and that just seemed to be uh, a, you know, 
regular occurrence for this Michigan State team. Ashley Morissetti, 31 points. Outside of her, um, Dominique uh, McBird, excuse me, 10 points. And then that, it kind of looks like Michigan State there. No one else really doing too much uh, uh, for the Boilermakers. So uh, it's it's going to be a, a struggle going forward, I think, for this Michigan State team just playing consistently. I mean, that that's usually the thing for every single team, just being consistently good at, at whatever they're trying to do. Um, but when you allow someone, Ashley Morissetti, very good player, but 31 points and, and you still get beat outside of, you know, no one else really doing too much, it, it, it's probably tough to swallow. Um, turnover's biggest problem, but Tori Jankowska, that was her first game, not scoring 20 points, 16 points in that game, shooting at 6 of 11, 4 of 9 from 3. And again, uh, Brandy Agee st- stepping up and then no one else. Brandy Agee, one of the players we kind of called out saying, you know what, she needs to step up. She just needs to play better. 15 points in that game. And then Ty Reimer, eight points. Taryn McCutcheon, six points. And there's just not much contribution off the bench. So what, again, I'm going to, I'll ask it until, you know, it seems to be fixed. Who's going to step up if anybody? Because of right now, it's it's got to be Ag. We harped on her, and we just got to keep harping on her because it seems like when we harp on her, she steps up. She stepped up in these past two games, and she's got to be the player. She's got the one of the best skill sets out of all these players on the team. She's got to step up, make some shots. And for the player after Ag, I have to go to McCutcheon. McCutcheon's playing all these minutes, and she's doing well, giving you the assists and running and uh, leading the team and running the floor. But she's got to step up, hit some shots. The coaches always talk about her and how she's able to shoot the three ball, but she only shoots maybe four to three a game. She's got to get more of those shots. She's got to get in rhythm, go to the basket. She's got to step up yeah, a little bit more. Th- 34 minutes in that Purdue game, she took five shots. Four of those were three. She made two of those uh, and six points, eight assists, five turnovers, though. So, again, her her and Jankowski combined for ten turnovers. Um, two of your ball handlers, that's not, you know, ten turnovers between the two is, is not what you're looking for. Zach? Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you, looking at the bench, uh, your starting lineup can't be all of your points. Who are you looking at on the bench to, to maybe provide a spark? I know that was Brandy Agee last year. Who are you looking at this year? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the bench right now, and there, there just really wasn't a lot going on. I mean, Gaines is in the starting lineup now, so you can't really harp on her too much. And then, I mean, you look at it, and Marjorie Cook had probably one of the better games off the bench with five points, but... I mean, she only played seven minutes, so, I mean, you look you look at Cook to maybe come in and give you something. Holly kind of does the little things. She comes in, takes charges, um, plays good defense, so you could look at Holly and, you know, do the things that don't show up in the stat sheet. But I would say Cook and Holly and maybe um, whoever doesn't start between Vesela and Allen um, to kind of give you something there. Yeah, Jenna Allen, we've seen her come off the bench and have a double-double, 15 minutes in the Purdue games, six points, five rebounds or four two rebounds excuse me um and she had five personal fouls so that again that if she can't if she's can't stay out of foul trouble and Reimer isn't you know if she gets fatigued or if she's just not producing it's going to be tough um for for this team uh shooting shooting 50 41.5% from the field not terrible 36% from 3 75% from the free throw line um Again, it's it's just offensive output, and I know, Julian, you're going to touch on that later, but it's consistency, consistency, consistency. We're going to keep saying it. 14 points in the, in the second quarter compared to Purdue's 27. That was basically the game right there. Got outscored 13 points, lose by 10. Um, outplayed 
probably, I would say, outplayed Purdue in the second half, um, being able to come back. But again, Purdue just answered every single run that Michigan State had. Um, going forward, who, or uh, we already we already said who, but what needs to change to to win games where it's close until the fourth quarter and you lose by ten? Well, you got to have your your the rest of your starters step up. I mean, you're running Jankowski and McCutcheon. You're just running them dead with so many minutes they're playing in each game. And at some point, you have to have the other starters step up so that way they can take a little bit of break. And when it comes to that fourth quarter, your stars are ready to step up and play. But as of right now, it's Jankowski just running the show through four quarters, and that's it's hard to win games when you're down and you're the only player and you're playing so many minutes a game. Yeah, and I mean, Julie mentions the offense, but I'm talking about the defense. I mean, you look at Morissetti. She had 31 points for Purdue, and she was the only one on that team doing anything, and they still couldn't guard her. I mean, put put two people on her double team where she had – 11, make, 11 makes on the game. No Purdue player had more than 10 attempts. So, I mean, it's you got you to gotta find a way to cover their best player because she was the only one scoring basically in the second half. You know, she was 6-7 from the free throw line. So, I mean, you got to find a way to cover the best player because no one else on Purdue was even doing anything besides Morissetti. Again, that was their third straight loss before the Wisconsin game. Is first time they've had three straight losses since 2014-2015. Um, just... Uh, Associate head coach, now interim head coach, uh, Amakwa Amuga. Again, that's never going to be easy to say. Uh, talked about you know how Purdue kept answering every run Michigan State was on, and I've mentioned that a few times. Uh, I, I think it, it's defense, like you said, is, is going to have to change. You just need a stop at some point. They weren't able to get it. Lose to Purdue 76-66. Moving on to at Wisconsin, 81-57 win. We expected this to be a win. It was a win, unlike the Rutgers game. Uh, they, they got the job done there. First time MSU was perfect from the free throw line, 10 of 10 from the free throw line. Tied a school record <laughs> being perfect from the free throw line. Obviously, that that's always going to be a record. But last time MSU was perfect from the free throw line was February 3rd of last year, 19 of 19. That's a little bit more impressive. But all 11 players that dressed scored for the Spartans. Nine scored at least six points. We talked about that last week, and I think the week before as well, just the depth that this team can have when everyone's producing. Uh, but again, it's just consistency, whether they're actually going to do that or not. They do have the depth. They had the depth against Wisconsin. And what that tells me is when they play a bad team and they have the lead, everyone's like, all right, I can come and play, and they're feeling confident. Except when they're down, they don't. They can't afford to bring in a, a Vesela for extended minutes and have her produce. So that's something they're going to have to fix going forward. Wisconsin, eighty-one fifty-seven. Julian, takeaways from that game. Just takeaways, like you said, is just everyone getting upwards of mostly five points per game. You look at the five points in that game. You look at the Purdue game. You see a lot of two points or donut holes. And in this one, you're getting players actually hitting shots, which is big for this team and one of the reasons they won. But also, we've talked about it being consistent. In a lot of these games they've lost, they start out shooting well or they start out shooting poorly, and then they go to the second half and, you know, they shoot well or shoot poorly. They go 39 to maybe 48, we say, in the first and second half. But in this one, they're 48% in the first half and then 48% in the second half to go with 48% overall in the game. And that's just perfect. That's what you want to see. They're not going down in halves. They're staying, playing at the same pace and the same um, execution they had in those beginning halves, and that's something you want to see. Yeah, I think, you know, you harped on the offense, but again, I'm going to go to defense. Um, Michigan State ramped up their defense, nine steals, three blocks. 
held Wisconsin to 34% shooting from the field and 26% from the three-point line. So, I mean, the defense was there, and, you know, like Julian said, the offense, everyone kind of contributed. Um, everyone got in that, and like you said, Zach, they just kind of, I feel like they felt more confident in this game just because maybe it was a lesser opponent, but they got out to an early lead. They kind of were like, okay, we can do this. We can come in and win this game after dropping three straight. Yeah, fast break points is one of the things that I was looking at. MSU led that 13-2 to against Purdue. It just seemed like every time they would try to get on the break, they'd either pull up or a turnover or they couldn't convert. And that's, again, in, in basketball, fast break points are huge. Points out of the turnover, MSU leads 18-12. to um, And they limited Wisconsin to nine points in the fourth quarter. That um, Really, it was never you know, in doubt that Michigan State would lose this game. Tori Jankowska, 31 minutes. Um, we said before the show, probably um, we need a statistician for this show, probably the least she's played all year. Um, 31 minutes for Jankowska. 13 points, 11 rebounds, still a double-double, not 20 points, but they didn't need 20, 20 points from her this year, or the, excuse me, this game. Five assists, Darren McCutcheon, seven points, three assists, and then you see Brandy AJ again with 18 points, nine rebounds. It looks like she's back on track on the offensive end. She's always been there defensively, but it looks like she's back on, on track offensively. She talked about that um, post-game against Purdue, how she started to feel more acclimated in the offense, and, you know, the team feels confident in her ability to play in, on, in the offense and produce. And I think she's going to have to be the leading scorer, as we said before. Brandy Agee, 18 points. Jankowska, 13. No one playing over 31 minutes. Any way they could do this against the top teams, Julian? Uh, it's going to be tough doing this against the top teams. I mean, you you want to play your stars more in this one. And so we want to see Jankowski and McCutcheon play more when you play those top teams because they can – not only play better offensively, but defensively as well. So you want to see them play a little bit more minutes. But I like the the difference in minutes. You know, they're giving more players more time than they would because you see Jankowski and McCutcheon playing, you know, almost 40 minutes in those star mm-hmm. matchups. So, I mean, just balancing a little bit more would help. Yeah, I agree. I mean, balancing the minutes. I mean, you're if you play Jankowski at 35 to 40 minutes a game, it's just going to wear out. And you're, you can't wear your best player out as you head towards tournament time because if she's worn out, then – I mean, the the team is going to really struggle because she leads the team in scoring, she leads the team in rebounding, and she's second in assists. So she does everything for this team. So if you if you wear her out, you're basically losing your chance at any any wins in postseason. I I don't want to to uh, get too confident for this team off of off of this win. Wisconsin is now five and five, zero and seven in the Big Ten. They shot thirty four percent from the field, twenty six from three, fifty seven percent from the line. Uh, this team, you know, they just they they can't match up with teams like Michigan State with the top teams in the Big Ten. Um, but it is a good confidence boost for the players. Um, Tyra Reimer, you know, she she said she feels like this team is still in a, in, a, in a good spot, and I I wouldn't disagree with her. I, I would probably say they are in a better spot than they were last week, losing two and being going on a three game losing streak to Purdue, win at Wisconsin, and. We saw one consistent performer throughout the week. Who was that, Zach Manning? Manning Manning's money performer of the week. Yeah, it's kind of interesting that it, it wasn't Jankoska. Um, I mean, Jankoska, I mean, she was, I don't want to say she wasn't consistent. I mean, it was just her first time not scoring that badly, yeah. 20 points. And, I mean, she had a double-double against Wisconsin, but she was, I don't want to say she was nowhere near, but she wasn't to the level of where Brandy Agee was. Brandy Agee finally being a little bit more consistent over the past few weeks against Purdue, she had 15 points, four rebounds, 
three assists and shot 50% from the field, one of her better games on the year. And then she just added to it against Wisconsin going with 18 points, nine rebounds, two blocks, and four of seven from the three-point line. So she she needs to learn how to build on that. And if she can build on that, Michigan State could be a threat going forward. And if she can get along with Jan Koskin, they can kind of mesh and they could you know, go together and get um, 18 and 20 points together. Michigan State could have a dynamic duo there. There you have it, Manny's Money Performer of the Week. Randy Agee knocks Tori off of the, the two-week crown there. Uh, a little bit of an upset, but I, I do agree with you, Brandy Agee. Deserved it. And we move on to our second segment, Judge Julian, Julian Mitchell. Court is in session. Yes, the court is in session. Welcome back, everybody. I got some I want to talk about this week, and that is the lack of offensive execution for the Spartan team. They've been struggling on the offensive end. There are times we saw it in the Purdue game, and I'm sure the fans see it when they're watching games, but this team gets really stagnant on offense. You see a lot of players standing around, a lot of players just want to give the ball to Jankowski and let her go to work, and she can, but you're asking her to go to work for four quarters of play when she's playing 35 minutes plus, and that's something that can't be asked of someone night in and night out. And then there's also just lazy passes from this team. There are times where they come down and then they waste maybe five seconds off the shot clock and then they decide to get in the set and they throw just a lazy pass down inside to Reimer and that gets stolen away or a sloppy pass to Jankoska and that's down the field because you're throwing that pass in the backcourt and that's down the court for an easy layup out in transition. So it's just been tough for them on the offensive end. You look at their six losses, all of those have come with less than 70 points as we talked about earlier. They're undefeated on the season when they reach 70 points, so they really got to step it up offensively, get rid of those lazy passes, move more, get more players involved. As we talked about, other players have to step up and score. They just got to be better on offense. There you have it. Guilty of not being uh, efficient enough on the offensive end. Uh, again, I, I agree with you, uh, Judge Julian. There you have it, third week in a row of Judge Julian. We're going to move on to the upcoming week of games to this week. Before in between shows, uh, Sunday they travel to Minnesota at 8 p.m. They take on the the Golden Gophers, who are 11 and 10, two and six in the Big Ten, nine and three at home. They have lost three of their last four, but Carly Wagner uh, stealing the show. Not quite Rachel Banham level of last year. She doesn't have Kobe Bryant tweeting at her, but she is averaging 20 points per game, five rebounds per game, and she scored 34 points. On Thursday against number 15, Ohio State, Minnesota did lose that game 88-76. to They did put up a fight. Uh, this this Minnesota team might be better than their record suggests, but I still think this should be a win and this needs to be a win for this Michigan State team. Zach, I'll start with you. Uh, what are you looking for for this preview of the game? Yeah, like you said, I think I don't want to say it's a must win, but it, I mean it, it's, it's getting it's to that pretty point. big. It's a pretty big game. They should win this game. I mean Minnesota eleven and ten, two and six in the Big Ten. Their record probably is a little bit worse than than it um, could be. Um, they've lost a few tough games, but I think Michigan State will pull this one out. Obviously, Carly Wagner one of the one of the better scorers in the Big Ten, but Michigan State has Jan Koska, so I mean. If AG can kind of pick up where she's where she's been at and build off that, I think Michigan State can pull out this one. I think it will be close, though. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm going to go as far to say as this is a must-win for the team. I think, you know, you go and you get your first win after a losing streak, and then you go to Minnesota, and you lo- if you lose this one, this is just going to suck confidence out of you because we talked about with Reimer saying that was a big game for them. If you go out and then lose the next one, it's just, just heart-wrenching for this team. So they got to go out and win this one. 
it's a tough Minnesota team, as we said, 9-3 and three at home, so that's a tough thing to ask to go away there and get a win. But I think they can do it. I'd like to go with Jankowski and McCutcheon to step up in this one. they got to play well on Wagner, whether either one of them are defending her. And they, they just got to stop her because looking at the stats, she's the heart and soul for this team. She's killing them with 20 points per game. She's, you know, I don't know if Kobe listens to this podcast since he's retired. He's probably not listening to women's basketball he podcast. But, he you know, be. go ahead. Give that girl a tweet, Kobe, if you're listening. Because she's been playing well, and she's leading this Minnesota team, so they got to play well defensively on her. And before we, we do make our picks for the game, uh, other players to watch for Minnesota, Kenesha Bell, 16 points per game, almost six assists per game. Jesse Edwards, eight points, roughly eight rebounds per game, leading rebounder. Uh, she added 12 points, five assists against Ohio State. Again, uh We'll see. I think this Michigan State team seems to to play up or down to their opponents, to, you know, depending on on how they how they start the game. They did beat Wisconsin. Uh, Minnesota is not as bad as Wisconsin. They are eleven and ten, two and six in the Big Ten. They are nine and three at big at home. Excuse me. Uh, so we'll start. We'll give Julian the first pick here. Who wins this game? Give me a player of the game. I think Michigan State wins this game. They come out with some confidence after their last win, and they go and beat Minnesota at home. And for my player, I'm going to go with AG. She's had a couple of nice games, and I think at this point, as we talked about with some of the quotes from the players, she's really found her place in this offense, so I think she has a big game for this team. Yeah, I'm also going to go with uh, Michigan State in this game. You know, Minnesota, pretty uh, pretty good home team, 9-3 and three on the season, like you said. But um, I also agree with you, and I think AG's going to have one of her better games of the season. She's going to build off her prior performances and Michigan State's going to go on a two-game win streak here yeah I think I think this is going to be a consensus I, I will take Michigan State in this matchup um, I I think that Taryn McCutcheon is going to have to step up eventually um, she's had some good games but again consistency 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 we're going to continue to say it um, I know she's a freshman but she's shown glimpses of, of how good she can be I think she'll step up in this game um, close to a double-double, I think I'll say, and, and points and assists. We all pick Michigan State against Minnesota. Again, that game is at 8 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, knock on wood that we did not jinx it. Uh, moving on, Wednesday, they come home to face the Hoosiers of Indiana. It's a 6 p.m. game. Indiana, uh, this is a pretty big game, again, for Michigan State. Second second half stretch of the Big Ten schedule is Every game's pretty big, but Indiana, fourteen and six, four and three in the Big Ten, three and five away from home, but they are on a two-game win streak. Uh, they they did play um, at Penn State on Monday, and they did get the win, seventy-two sixty-six. So they are they are riding the win streak. We'll see um, what they do over the weekend, but nevertheless, this is a good Indiana squad coming into the Breslin. Um, Leading scorer Tyra Bus, 19 points per game. They had 21 against Penn State. She's a, another one of the best scorers, not a lot, one of the, the leading scorers in the Big Ten. Julian, what does Michigan State need to do to, you know, not have another 31 point performance against them? Well, against them, they like we've talked about, they got to find themselves on offense, get other players to step up, and they got to play well defensively, as you just said. Bus is a, a very talented scorer. That girl can ball. And she's going to come out and she's going to play well. But I look for the forwards to play well on defense. You got Amanda Cahill, who's playing very great basketball, given 
the Hoosiers 15 points per game, and she can step out and hit the uh, three-pointer. She's got about excuse me, 42% on the season from beyond the arc, so the forward's going to have to do a good job of not only playing her well down inside, but making sure they can step out and guard her from the perimeter. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah, Indiana can can score the ball like crazy. I mean, um, you look at it and the top three scores in their team, 19 points, 15 points, and just under 14 points. But, I mean, Michigan State has been struggling defensively. Um, they had a better game against Wisconsin, but we know Wisconsin isn't, you know, a great a great team in the Big Ten. And Indiana, four and three in the Big Ten, fourteen to six um, overall. Um, Indiana Indiana is going to score the ball in this game, and I mean Michigan State's going to struggle. But I think if if they just kind of play team defense, you know, try not be selfish, you know, go the extra effort and try and get like random steals or just try and like be the hero. I think Michigan State can pull out this win, but Indiana can score the ball. And Michigan State really needs to play team defense. I, I do I do agree. Um, team defense always big in basketball. Uh, Indiana coming to the Breslin, six p.m. next Wednesday. Uh, I think this this is going to be a, a tough one for the Spartans. We'll we'll start with Zach for the pick and player of the game. Go ahead. This is a tough one for me. I I really I really think Michigan State has a chance in this game, but I'm going to go Indiana. Um, I think Indiana wins this game. They just score so many points, averaging just over 80 points per game. And Michigan State's defense just hasn't been where it needs to be lately. I mean, I gotta go. I gotta go Indiana here. And I mean, if you want to pick a player from the winning team, it's probably going to be Tyra Bust, their leading scorer, 19 point two points per game, and then just under five assists per game. But for Michigan State, I think Jan Koska is going to lead the team in scoring. She's going to lead the team in uh, rebounds and possibly assists as well because she does everything for this team. So I'll go Tyra Bus from Indiana, and I'll go Jan Costco from Michigan State. For me in this one, I'm going to go with the Spartans. I'm, I think they're going to get the win. They're coming off. Uh, about, that would be two great wins if they you know, uh, win their last game against Minnesota. They'll come in with some confidence and play well, and I think they're going to take this Indiana team out. They're at home. They have their crowd behind them, and they're going to be ready to play. And this is, a, this is a game they need to win to prove they can play against some of this uh, Big Ten top talent. And so I think they're going to come out and get this win. My player is going to be Jane Koska. She's going to have to have a great night in the Breslin. She's nearing 2,000. She's got to play well. She's going to do this for the Spartans. Yeah. Uh, this one I'm struggling with. I, it's it's a game-time decision for me. I, I think I'm going to take the Hoosiers in this one. Uh, Michigan State just hasn't proven to me yet that they can win the big game. Um, you know, they, they had Notre Dame. Not saying Indiana's Notre Dame in any way, but they had Notre Dame come in. They had um, Ohio State come in. They did beat Ohio State, but Indiana's just so lethal on offense. I hope Michigan State proves me wrong, but I will pick Indiana. If I have to pick a player of the game, I'll go with Reimer. She hasn't really done anything, you know, too much fireworks this season. I think eventually she's just going to explode for, you know, maybe a triple-double. Who knows? Um, I think Indiana does win this game. Averaging 80 points a game, Michigan State's defense just hasn't shown me that they can stop an offense like this. Tyra Buss, Cahill, again, they have 13, they have three players scoring 14-plus points a game. So it's tough to stop, and we've seen how successful Michigan State can be when they have multiple scores. But I don't know if they can outshoot Indiana either. I'll take Indiana. Uh, Julian takes Indiana. Or, excuse me, Zach takes Indiana. Julian takes Michigan State. We'll see what happens. We've 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 struggled with picks so far the, these first two episodes. So we'll we'll see if we can turn it around. Any last thoughts on on this Michigan State Spartan team, Zach Manny? 
I don't, I don't know if I have any additional thoughts. I just think Michigan State needs to play better defense um, if they want to win both of these games during the week. But um, if they play good defense, they can win against Indiana, and I think they will pull the win off against Minnesota. We, I've talked about it in the last couple of episodes, but just look out for this team. This is a team that, to me, hasn't shown us their true potential yet, but I feel like they're going to hit their stride at some point. And we don't know when she's coming back, but when or if Susie comes back, I think this team's going to be ready for her, and Susie's just going to add some more fire for this team, and they're going to be ready to play, and they're going to be a team to watch out for. I think this. I think you're right. I think this is a team, uh, especially come Big Ten tournament time, you probably don't want to face because when the when the team is clicking, it, it's mm-hmm. it's a pretty scary, pretty scary thing. Especially if you get Vessel out there hitting threes, and you know you never know what happens. But again, they have two games this upcoming week. Sunday, they go to at Minnesota to face the Golden Gophers, eight p.m. That is Sunday the 30th, and then they travel back to East Lansing Wednesday versus Indiana at 6 p.m. I believe both games will be broadcast on BTN. Again, follow everything on impact89fm.org slash sports for all of your women's basketball coverage. Follow all of us on Twitter at Zach Swise, at iSportsZach, I believe, and Julian, what's yours? At J underscore Mitchell 25. There you have it, and follow at WDBM underscore sports. Again, Go to the website, find all of our other previous episodes, all of our other podcasts, articles, columns, whatever you need. Michigan State, we have you covered. Again, this is the Women's Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Impact 89FM WDBM. I'm Zachary Swisicki, alongside Zach Manning and Julian Mitchell. Thank you for listening.